welcome to Second Look, the show where we pause and re-examine things going on in politics and culture. I'm your host, Benjamin Green, and today is a good day. This episode of Second Look is brought to you by Octopod and their mobile charging solutions and... You can get a little Ion 3 for your phone, get an Ion 10 if you have a tablet and want to charge both your tablet and your phone at the same time. Have charge everywhere you go. Go to octo-pod.com slash outset and use the coupon code outset at checkout. Today is a great day. It really is. In case you haven't been following along, um... We've had an informal series going here on Second Look. After the Fox News debate, I was discouraged from the awful display. Display. Hooey. I can talk. I was discouraged by the awful display of pure politics. It really felt, watching it, like it's it felt so fake, so detached. I really was frustrated with almost every candidate, including my personal favorite candidate, Rand Paul. I didn't think he looked presidential, and I didn't think he contributed to the debate as well as he could have. Two weeks ago, I talked in detail about my frustrations with the debate, so if you're interested in that, please go back and listen to that episode. Last week, I identified ten problems with civil discourse in the United States. If you missed that episode, you really should go back and listen to that one. If you're going to pick one of the last two, pick last week's. But in case you're stubborn, and you're just here, and you're listening, and don't want to go back and listen to another one, or maybe you just... I don't know, maybe you're not stubborn, maybe you just are forgetful. (laughs) Here's a recap for you. The ten problems that I've identified with civil discourse in the U.S. Number one is that civil discourse doesn't even happen. We have a lot of discourse, but it's anything but civil. Number two, emotions crowd out logic. Number three, yelling and shouting drowns out real discussion of issues. Number four, preconceived notions of what people will think and what people will say leave no room for change and no room for being convinced. Number five, anger and hate are favored over joy and love. Number six, fear takes the place of reason. Number seven, Talking points and buzzwords obfuscate truth. Number eight. Even with modern innovations, politics is largely inaccessible to the everyday American. We have a political class and a whole set of punditry. Number nine. Ignorance abounds among both voters and politicians. And number ten. There is no trust whatsoever in politics. Parties don't trust each other. Constituents don't trust reps. 
reps don't trust constituents. The Senate and the House don't trust each other. The President and the Congress doesn't trust each other. It's just a mess. And there's no trust anywhere. I think those ten problems can really be grouped into three general categories. We have issues with attitude, things about preconceived notions leaving no room for change. You you enter into a discussion with the attitude that your opponent or even your friend is stupid, or the attitude that, well, they don't listen to anything I say. There are also communication issues. Um, it's things like the talking points and buzzwords that just serve to turn people off of politics, and it may fire up a specific portion of the base, but as a whole, the voting base is a very small sector of the American public. And then, finally, we have execution issues. Things where these are more broad issues, um, and kind of what we've laid out is symptomatic of execution issues rather than being classified as them. But it's places where we've entered in with good intentions, but those intentions have gone awry. So I've spent the last two weeks focusing on frustration and problems, and I've said a few times that the first step to finding a solution is figuring out what the problem is. Well, now it's time to build the solutions. First up, we have attitude issues. And I think attitude is very important because it's all... It's kind of the foundation. If you don't have the right attitude, you're not going to communicate well, and your execution isn't going to be good either. And politicians, pundits, and just people just like you and me have terrible attitude problems when it comes to politics. I really feel that it's the core issue here. So, I mean, we we could talk about politicians' attitude problems and 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 we could talk all day about that because quite frankly some of them <laughs> have horrible attitudes but really the first step starts with us with just people like you and me and there i i feel there are four steps that that you can take to improve your attitude and to make sure you're entering looking at things the right way. So step number one, get somebody you trust to call you out anytime they see you with the wrong attitude. This is something that's really hard to do. Um, I'm married, and my wife and I have a policy where we can just call each other out. (laughs) And we try to do so graciously, but uh, we're very frank with each other, and... And if there's a problem, we try to fix the problem as quickly as possible. And I... It... 
what am I trying to say here? It it's part of communication, but it's also distinct from communication because it requires both on your part, it requires that you have the attitude of being willing to take that criticism. Say, if someone says, hey, you're out of line, check your attitude. You have to have an attitude to check your attitude. That's like a double whammy here. But but if someone says that to you, you have to be able to take it and be constructive with it. And then that's also going to train you to have a better attitude so that they don't have to say it again. But it also requires a good attitude on the behalf of your friend who's doing the calling out because they have to be willing to make you angry sometimes. And and so that really, I feel like, is the first step. Have a friend, someone who can look over your tweets, look over your blog posts and say, I really think this is a little bit out of line. It's not true to who you're trying to be. Step number two, before you speak, tweet, or comment, ask yourself about your motivation. Why are you saying what you're about to say? Why are you tweeting what you're about to tweet? Is it necessary? Is it helpful? Is it going to build people up or is it going to tear people down? Is it going to be positive, constructive, Or is it going to be negative and just sarcastic? Number three. If you start to feel any extreme emotion, any whatsoever, whether it's fear or joy or anger or sadness or anything, make sure that you're feeling the emotion for good reasons. You know, when when the Boston Marathon bomber, whose name I'm really not sure how to pronounce, but I'll just say Sarnayev, because that's kind of what it looks like. When he was sentenced with the death penalty, I was sickened by people who seemed to be exuding joy that this man got sentenced to death. That's a wrong attitude to have. You can be okay with the death penalty, but you shouldn't be happy that this man is going to die. And also, uh, when President Obama was re-elected, I heard a lot of people expressing fear as to what the next four years would look like. And... It may have been founded. You never know. But a lot of people, it felt like, were just having bandwagon fear. They were afraid because some talk radio host said, Be afraid. And and you have to check and make sure that you're feeling those emotions for good reasons. Number four is kind of a different one. If If you see an attitude problem in your elected officials, especially if it's your congressman or state representative, if if you see them displaying bad attitude, try to communicate it to them, but do so respectfully. And, and that's kind of 
it, it's kind of different and it would be difficult. I mean, I know I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable calling out a politician for their attitude, but sometimes it needs to be done. Then moving on from attitude issues, we have communication issues. How do you tackle a problem as big and broad as communication issues in politics? That's a huge category. I I can't even begin to scratch the surface with how important communication is. But I do know that solutions, as is the rule in almost every aspect of life, solutions must come from the ground up, not from the top down. That's right. Much like attitude, it starts with you. And we'll have three action steps you can take in just a minute. Right now, I just want to once again mention our sponsor, Octopod. And they're really cool mobile charging solutions. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show before, but they have a charging unit. I forget the name of it. Oh, I'm terrible. But it's um, one of their Ion mobile charging stations that... It has solar panels on it, so you can charge anywhere you are because it's solar-powered. So as long as you don't rely on this one when you're out camping in the rainforest and can't see the sun. For that one, you'll have to bring on your Ion 3 and your Ion 10. But anywhere else, pretty much... Bring your solar-powered ion charger. Oh, let me let me look up the name right now. This is going to be a longer ad than normal. But you know what? Octopod's great, so I don't mind giving them extra time. I'm going to octo-pod.com slash outset, and I'm looking up the name. It is the... Ion Solar. Wow, I should have been able to remember that name. The Ion Solar. So you can charge it just like the other power banks. You can charge it up uh, using a USB cable and you can charge it up using solar power. So go to octo-pod.com slash outset. Use the coupon code outset when you check out and you'll get 50% off for a limited time. So, Three steps you can take to make communication better in America. That's right. You have the power to change things. Step number one. Give your representative feedback. You heard me right. Constructive feedback is useful. A lot of times, representatives and senators, they often feel off-limits to all but a select few. But they are your representatives, and you can contact them via phone, email. It's, It's really imperative that you give them feedback. And constructive feedback is very useful to someone in that position. Tell them whether you like their communication or not. 
and why. If they are in the habit of releasing angry statements and you don't like that, tell them. Be respectful. Don't use all caps. Don't cuss them out. And also, don't be an idiot. Don't do things like send death threats or say terrible things. Just be respectful. Be smart. Contact them over the phone rather than email or social media. Email and social media are good ways to do it. But the phone, you know they've read your message. You know that um, it'll be passed on through the right channels. If you can, try to meet with your rep face-to-face. I know this can be hard with scheduling and whatnot, but, but if possible, there's no better way to talk than face-to-face. Even if this feels frivolous, if we begin to communicate well with our elected officials, they will in turn start to communicate better with their constituents and with each other. So you, by just taking the time to communicate with someone who seems untouchable, you can have a very real impact on the entirety of the United States civil discourse. Number two, when you talk politics, make sure you speak well. Stay away from buzzwords. They don't really help anything. I... I catch myself doing this all the time, especially on Twitter. You refer to things by a term, and then you're like, boy, I wonder what that term means. Um, Challenge yourself to explain an issue. Either just explain it to yourself or to a friend or make a video about it without using a single buzzword and without using any talking points that you've heard someone else say. I think of this like that exercise in school where... They say, define this word without using any parts of the word. You know, one of my my college classes, the professor actually said, define sound. It was actually very difficult to come up with a, like like a non-scientific definition of sound. We tried as a class, and he ended up being happy with what we came up with, but it's difficult to think in a way... It, in a way that's different than what you're used to. And with this buzzwords and talking points, it's really easy to think in terms of the things you hear. But challenge yourself and do without. Also, as a general rule, stay away from sarcasm. I, I feel like it's better for the most part. Now, there are times and places for sarcasm, as... John Stewart proves you can build an audience based on sarcasm and snark. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But when you're talking one-on-one, sarcasm can really just come across as condescending and downright rude. And it's usually, I find, in, in face-to-face conversation, especially about serious topics, it, it's usually best to stay away from sarcasm. It doesn't even when it's not taken as condescending and offensive, it doesn't, it's not very productive, say. And I don't want to, I don't know. I like sarcastic humor as much as the next guy, but, but there are a lot of contexts where I don't feel like it's appropriate. So just make sure if you are being sarcastic that it's an appropriate venue for it. And also, 
as part of speaking well in politics, don't get angry. Instead, engage in constructive conversation. What do I mean by constructive conversation? Well, ask questions. And then listen to other people's answers. And ask more questions. And then when you're finally done asking questions, if they ask you questions, answer well, answer thoughtfully. But when, when you respond to them, don't try and get the fastest response. Try and get the best response. Try to change minds. You don't change minds by yelling into a microphone. You don't change minds by interrupting. You change minds by listening, by discussing, by showing evidence. Be constructive when you talk. You know, I actually had a personal experience with this. Um, I initially, when I first heard about it, was a huge proponent of the Common Core Standards. I loved them. Uh, I thought it was a great idea, and I didn't even care if the federal government got involved. I said to I don't even know how many people I said this to. I think if the federal government should be involved in one thing, it's education. Now, I am diametrically opposed to Common Core. I am even more <laughs> diametrically opposed to... <laughs> I know there's not such a thing, but anyway to uh, federal involvement in education. Well, what changed? I went to an event with Hillsdale College, and Dr. Larry Arn, the president of the college, spoke on, on education and on federal involvement in education and why the federal government should stay out of education and why uh, educational institutions should fight the federal government. Not, not just... Oh, I hope they stay out of it, but but why they should say, no, you stay out. And that one night, Dr. Arn was thoughtful, he was logical, he didn't hold some event where he displayed uh, up terrible test questions and um, exercises in teachers gone wrong about teaching the Koran in the classroom. Things like that are blown way out of proportion. What Dr. Arn did is he just laid out the conservative case for what education should look like and very brilliantly showed how the federal government has no role in that picture of education. And it changed my mind in one night. I, I walked into that room an ardent supporter and walked out vehemently against it. Vehemently? Vehemently? Strongly against it. And then third, the third step. So the first one was give your representative feedback. The second one, when you talk politics, make sure you speak well. And the third step, I feel like, is the most important. Control your clicks, your money, and your votes. Don't click on outragey links. It took me a long time to live up to this one. Because it's, sometimes it's so hard just to pass. 
but I do not click on a single link anymore that contains the word outrage or outrageous, any form of that. Shock, shocking, um, and anything to that effect. I guess it's kind of clickbait headlines. I, I tend to avoid those, but, but outrage and shocking and... Yeah, I guess just those two words. Those are like my blacklist. I do not click on a link if that's the the headline. And if every time you click on an outragey link, the person who is spewing the outrage gets money for it. And then especially if you do click on one of those links, do not click on their ads. Quite often it's hard because outragey websites tend to pop up 50,000 ads in your face. Sometimes it's hard to avoid clicking on them, but just don't do it. Don't. Don't give them money. Don't give them time. Don't contribute to the outrage. Unfollow people on Twitter, unlike on Facebook. I can't tell you how many times I've followed someone and been like, Oh, man, this person's awesome. And then three months later, unfollowed. (laughs) What was I ever thinking? Because some people are just not helpful in the slightest. Don't buy books from those who stir up anger. It might be a really good book. Maybe all of your political friends are talking about what an awesome book it is. Check it out from the library or something instead. Don't give money to people making the problem worse. And and books, that's just the beginning. You have a lot of power with your money. Don't donate to political action committees that that are just stirring things up and making things worse. Don't buy books. Don't buy t-shirts. Be careful with your money. Only give it to people who deserve it. And really, the most important thing here is don't vote for people who make the problem worse. So many people in America, myself included sometimes, are lesser of two evils voters. No matter who you vote for, make sure... You're voting for someone who will enter in to office with the right attitude and good communication. Because without those two things, their execution is going to be awful. And with those two things, you can get a lot of good things done. Our final set of issues are execution issues. And like I said, it's a little different because some of the problems I listed about civil, like, such as civil discourse not even happening or ignorance abounding and politics being inaccessible, these are really symptoms of execution issues. And this applies more to influencers, whether that's politicians or vloggers or teachers or pastors or... Pundits, no matter who you are, if you're influencing people, don't support things 
just because they're well-intentioned. Don't support things that don't work. Don't support things for the wrong reasons. And our execution will get a lot better. We have a really poor education system in this country. Well, I mean, on a historical scale, it's astronomically great. But compared to what it could be, it's really poor. And and we really have done this badly. And then civil discourse, we like to think we have civil discussion of issues, but, but we don't. We don't execute. We don't follow through. So get your attitude in the right place. Get your communication up to a good level where it's constructive. Influence your elected officials to do the same. And as a whole, our execution will get a lot better. Because, man, to the problems we have in our country, it sure seems like there are a lot of them sometimes. And there are. The solutions start with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Second Look today. I really appreciate it. And I would also really appreciate it if you would go subscribe in iTunes so you don't miss a single episode and rate this episode five stars. And... I also want to encourage you to check out the Stephen Perkins program and the Matt Dallas show, all from Outset. You can find that at OutsetMagazine.com or in iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at BGreenAZ, Stephen on Twitter at Stephen with a PH underscore Perkins, and he's the editor-in-chief of Outset. I really hope you liked today's episode, and if you have any thoughts or comments or suggestions, please tweet me. Twitter's usually the best way to reach me. If you don't have a Twitter account, find a friend who does. Have them tweet me. (laughs) Um, Thanks so much for joining me today. I really feel like if we work together, we can fix this. I hope you have a great week and see you next time.